0: The Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. Welcome to the Range, everybody. I am Ricky Bruley, and I am so happy to be back in the studio with you all. I've moved from the backcountry studio. We've got a bit of a new look here. We're constantly learning and evolving for your viewing pleasure, so if we change something and you don't like it, please let us know. Thank you for joining us all today. Uh, You can also find the video version of this podcast on the Vaportrail YouTube channel. So please head on over, subscribe, give this episode a like, and make sure you hit that bell uh, so you can get notified of all things archery. Welcome to this episode known as Covert Operation. On the show today, we have a couple of longtime Vaportrail customers, one of which would officially become Vaportrail and Stokerize Pro Staffer. You've most likely seen our content shared on our IG stories. These two spend many days afield. In fact, they just recently took a trip to one of the holy grails of the whitetail woods, Buffalo County, Wisconsin, Justin, and Ashley covert. Thanks for jumping on this two episode.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Yeah. We had a, we had kind of a last minute cancellation and we've got episodes scheduled out for like the next couple of months, but, um, Usually I'm not really very prepared for trying to dive into a quick episode on the day of. So appreciate you guys uh, volunteering and figure you all would make a good fit. So as a one-man band here, it is my responsibility to manage our social media channels as well as the promotional staff. And over the course of 2022, um, Ashley, you had uh, been tagging tagging us in a lot of content on your Instagram page, and I started to take notice i reached out to see if you had any interest in being on staff and not only did you accept but you also informed me that your husband justin was a longtime fan so it was like a win-win situation so that was perfect yeah. tell me a little bit about all of that how that all kind of went down as far as like your experience with uh you know getting into the social media scene with hunting and and all that kind of stuff
2: so i just kind of started following a bunch of people that were uh posting and It looked like a fun way to just grow as a person, Um, not necessarily over the view counts and everything. But I saw people posting positive messages and whatnot. And I thought it was a really fun way to not only share my journey, but just kind of help people along the way. And Mm -hmm. that's that's where I got started. And then it just kind of turned into the nature photos and the photos of the bow outside and and catching like sunsets and stuff and trying to find Mm -hmm the prettiest parts of nature so that even if somebody doesn't hunt, they're still drawn to the pictures and they want to look at them.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: And it just, it kept growing from there and it's been, it's been a really fun, really fun journey. And, um, it's been about, I think it's only been like five years since I've been doing it and he's the one that got me into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually didn't eat meat before we got married. So, it's been (laughs) yeah it's been really fun and it's been really interesting and it's it's helped me grow altogether as a person and Mm -hmm. i've enjoyed that a lot um there's been a lot of moments that i've been proud of myself and as an adult i don't feel like people are proud of themselves enough Mm -hmm. and it's made me push boundaries and do things i never thought i would do and it's just grown into so much more than a social media experience or um becoming a popular person amongst people. It's, it's become me growing into a different person and blossoming into something else. And it's been fun. It's been, it's been a really fun time and having my husband on for the ride. And then our little one joins us on all of our adventures for the most part too. It's been Mm -hmm. a really fun family experience as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And hats off to you too, for, you know, being an adult onset hunter. I, I, I can't imagine You know i i grew up in it you know i was brought up uh, as a hunter and fisherman and all those kinds of things and so it was really kind of easy to you know transition into you know getting into bow hunting and doing um you know just diving more and deeper into it and so to get started from the get go um can be tough luckily you had justin there to you know kind of walk you through the process so that that's really cool and now you're able to pass it on to your boy and um, make it a family affair. So that's great. I can't wait until my daughter's old enough to start taking her out hunting. I'm excited for that.
2: We're waiting for it to
0: It's been a lot of fun watching you on your journey. And then, um, especially like my, more recently, uh, seeing some of the things that you, you know, some of the hunts that you and Justin have been going on as well, but I'd like to, uh, start with you, Justin, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming a bow hunter.
1: Well, I've lived in West Virginia pretty much my whole life, and uh, I don't really remember a time that I haven't hunted. I don't remember any time in my life where I wasn't in the woods and chasing my dad. And I was lucky enough to have a dad that he was a carpenter, and he would get off work, take me hunting every evening. Mm -hmm. And I would be seven years old walking with a boat, missing five or six deer in an evening. There was a lot of deer in West Virginia at that time, (laughs) and I chased a bunch. Mm -hmm. Didn't hit very many, but I shot a lot. But I, I was lucky to spend a lot of time in the woods as a kid, and it's just stuck with me. I've uh, always been pretty well addicted to hunting, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Met her, and then my hunting strategy had to change somewhat with mm-hmm. adult one set hunter coming on board, as everyone wants to call her. But she's she's done really, really well. I'm getting her elevated this year, so I think that'll help some. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of ground hunting the past few years, which was a big change for me. but we were still finding deer. So I got to find we'll have a pretty good
0: year. Fantastic. And what about you, Ashley? Talk a little bit about, you know, the, the decision that you made and, and you know, what, what was, what was really the driving force behind wanting to hunt and especially like to go, uh, right into bow hunting as well.
2: So I had always been curious about bow hunting. And, um, when I lived back home in Washington, uh, I shot a bow at some, some I don't know, like outdoor store or something like that, and I mm. snapped the absolute snot out of my arm. Yeah. And from then on, I never touched a bow again. And I was like, it's really cool, but that hurt, and I just I never had any interest. And I knew I needed to eat meat. And when I ended up pregnant with our son, I started eating cheeseburgers like crazy, mm. but red meat does something to my stomach and it just, it doesn't Mm -hmm. agree very well. Mm -hmm. And I ate deer meat and I didn't have any issues. So when I started hunting, I legitimately started hunting out of food source because it doesn't mess up my stomach. Mm -hmm. And um, the first year I wanted to start bow hunting, but Justin was like, well, we'll shoot with a gun first and we'll see how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. So I got my first one with a gun and then afterwards, I was like, okay, I want a bow now. And then I practiced and practiced and practiced. And then the following year, I went out, and that was the year that I got the most amount of toes I think mm-hmm. I ended up with like five that year, and yeah, wow. I think two of them were bow. And it was it was really fun, and it makes it a little bit more of a challenge. So mm-hmm. it's it's. I mean, obviously, it's a lot easier to shoot with a gun. So I liked the bow because it was a lot more personal and like up close. And when I pick the does, I pick the ones that don't have babies, they're not producing offspring anymore. They're not, mm-hmm. they just blow. They're just old biddies. <laughs> and so I I hunt the old biddies and then I take them out because they're just eating food and there's not really much need for them at that mm-hmm. point. They're not mm-hmm. producing anything. So. I have fun hunting does, and yeah. Justin says once I shoot a buck, I'll probably be after bucks. But so far, I get the same excitement with does as I do with mm-hmm. bucks. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it.
1: I challenge anybody to pick a doe and hunt it. <laughs> Justin of, yeah. of the If you pick a particular one.
2: But it's it's yeah. fun for me, and at the end of the day, I know I'm putting food on the table. So that's that's where I'm at with it, and that's my main drive for hunting is because I know that it agrees with my body and it's nutrients that I can put into my body.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And also, you know, just interesting as well. I've got a, you know, I have a friend that uh he has Lyme's disease. And so with that he he kind of runs into the same thing where he, you know, other meats just don't agree with him. But, you know, wild game, especially venison, does agree with them. And so mm-hmm. it's it's one of the primary sources of food for him. So I, I always thought that that was interesting and just like you guys so you know my wife she's not a hunter she never has been although she really has like some sort of strange distaste for birds so she would not <laughs> be afraid to kill a turkey like she she's gone out turkey hunting with me a few times um although she loves owls and like birds of prey you know that kind of thing because they're very majestic right. and all that and and she paints a lot of owls in her artwork as well
2: that's so pretty it's um, beautiful
0: Yeah. She's really talented. Um, the, you know, I'm trying to kind of, cause we don't eat the kids and, and her, they don't eat a lot of meat either. So we're, we're kind of starting to transition into this, uh, you know, just trying to become more self-sufficient in the world, uh, be less, uh, dependent upon. You know groceries and all that kind of stuff we're trying yeah. to be farmers now and and so she's starting to get a, a greater understanding for the necessity of hunting and all those kinds of things whether she'll do that or not i i don't know again turkey hunting she'll she'll blast one right in the face without hesitating, that's awesome <laughs> you know? but uh but yeah for deer she's she's not really um so much into that but so yeah, it's really cool what you guys are doing, and appreciate you guys shooting our products, Justin. So when was when did you first uh, hear about us, or when um, what got you to start using our products or Vapor Trail I've, products, I should say?
1: I've been shooting the Pro V style rest for and strings for roughly probably twenty years. I would say I'm not exactly mm. sure if it dates back quite a bit. Uh, the local Votec that I see quite a bit, he was a big Vapor Trail fan. Mm. would swear there were certain rests you couldn't tune and he just pushed it and that's what i got as a, a young 20 year old and mm-hmm. uh i've been shooting them ever since recommended him i've always had great luck i've never had a failure with one that's what i had her shooting and uh they just always worked well for me but style. Mm.
0: yeah yeah no we appreciate that it's it, it was fun being a part of the of the whole team back then when we developed that arrow rest that was our That was our second iteration of the pro and we, you know, we were just trying to, you know, accommodate the folks that wanted something that had a capture mechanism on it. And we were scratching our heads on the design and trying to take our original pro, put a cage on that and try to make it function. And we were having a really hard time making it universal. And then our previous owner one day, like had a dream and was like, I got it. I got it figured out. I had a dream last night of how to make it work. And so that's how the Pro V was born.
1: And micro, both bugs behind me were filled with the
0: uh, micro. Oh, right or on! It
1: wasn't the Pro V, yeah. Yeah, that's I, no, that... I love that rest. Too.
0: That's awesome. It's still we still we have a, sell a ton of those, the original Pro and the Micro elites, and we've got a lot of dealers that they that's their tried and true. That's what they like to use. That's what they like to um, uh, put on their customers' both. So it's still a very very popular rest. So that's really cool. And thank you guys for you know for supporting us for all these years. It was. Really cool when you said that Justin had been, um, been a fan and been using our products for a long time, and then it all kind of started, you know, the pieces all started to fall, kind of fall into place. So, uh, so you guys just recently got back from, from a, a bow hunt in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. You know, it's, it's highly regarded over there. You know, anytime you tell somebody you're going to Buffalo County, you know, their eyes usually kind of light up and I've hunted out there one time too. I was uh, with a writer's camp and I had the opportunity to hunt, a Buffalo County's, um, land too. And so tell us a little bit about how that all came about, you know, the relationship that you guys have with Gearhead and and how that went down and then, and then go into a little bit about, you know, how the hunt went. We'll be right back. Coming this Friday, June 30th, is our brand new online arrow customizer. Build your Victory or Easton arrows with multiple vein options, configurations, and custom arrow wraps in a large array of designs and colors. Spine indexing and expedited build options are also available so you can get back out in the field and flinging in style. Check out the Vapor Trail Arrow Customizer at www.vaportrailarchery.com forward slash arrow customizer.
2: So um, in January, I was picked to be GearHead Staffer of the Year, and Skip invited not just myself, but Justin and Peanut to come to Wisconsin and hunt with them. And then, well, initially we were trying to go hunt Montana, but we couldn't pull tags. And then we were going to try for Wyoming, and we didn't pull tags there either. And then where Wisconsin was over the counter, that's where we had ended up. and Skip had known some people with some land in Buffalo County, so that's where we started out first. Um, and it was it was kind of a bust. Um, the setups weren't the greatest for the situations and the winds that we had that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were there for I think three days, and I think we saw what three does. So that was about all we saw there, and it was really mm-hmm. hot. And then we ended up going towards richland county i think is what it was called and um brady had worked really hard and put us up on some land and whatnot and the first day i had saw um a buck it was probably about 220 yards away and he was just Mm. bedded down which was really cool because it's something i would never seen before um he was just bedded down in some corn way out in the distance and i was trying to get his attention and it never worked and i was like okay so then um Justin saw a bobcat that day yeah you can talk mm-hmm. about that one. <laughs> uh,
1: first bobcat i've ever seen wild hunting and i guess it's pretty rare for that area to actually see them
2: they get them on trail camera
1: they don't see them in person very often but about 4 30 evening a good sized bobcat came out and it came under the elevated blind and kind of circled me and then disappeared mm-hmm. into the corn mm-hmm. but that was a that was a really cool experience seeing of like them in person and it, it, was, it was hunting it was hungry uh, everything hunting meat at that time was having trouble.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so many acorns. acorns. So many acorns.
1: And that was part of the problem in Buffalo County. They're they're so used to hunting the food plots and stuff like that out there that when the acorns mm-hmm. hit, nobody was deep enough in the woods to to see any deer. Even even the people we were hunting with driving around late in the evening while we were hunting, they weren't seeing seeing them in the fields Mm-mm. or anything. So mm-hmm. it was just rough times. Acorns droppings always make it hard.
2: So <laughs> then Day two, I was in a tree stand and I watched a doe come through and she hung out for a bit. And I think that was about all that we saw on day two. Mm. And then day three hurt my feel bad. (laughs) Um, Day three, it finally ended up raining and the temperatures dropped and there was two bucks that came barreling from behind me. And they Mm -hmm. came flying and I tried knocking my arrow and everything, I met at them, they didn't stop. Then coming back through, they stopped and it was behind me. And it was a blind Mm -hmm. that wasn't like a window that wasn't opened Mm
1: -hmm. and I was
2: trying to unzip it and everything and I couldn't get it unzipped. But when I drew back, apparently when I was trying to knock my arrow, I bumped my arrow off the string. I wouldn't have mm. been able to get a shot from back there anyways. So I watched mm. him and I thought for certain he was going to circle around. So I'm sitting there drawn back waiting for him to circle around and he never circled back around and I was like shoot. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really neat to see cuz where we hunt in West Virginia and stuff um you don't see very much uh movement. Uh mm. you see a lot of does but as far as bucks go there's not not a lot.
1: Big difference mm-hmm. in West Virginia public land in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. Yeah. Or anywhere in Wisconsin, really. But
0: Yeah. So is the, is like the buck-to-doe ratio pretty out of whack uh, over in the um, uh, area where you're in West Virginia?
1: All yeah. uh, in West Virginia. It's probably a, in most areas. I won't say everywhere, but most areas, I would say it's a 20-to-1 ratio. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, wow. I mean, certain areas see a lot of running activity, but certain areas it's almost zero running activity because
0: they just mm-hmm. don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's, you know, most of the hunters are, are looking for bucks. Nobody's really taking out any does. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that makes it tough too, for calling or trying to, you know, any of that kind of stuff, you know, cause a buck doesn't really have to respond. He's got 20 does at his disposal that yeah. he can,
2: yeah.
0: you know, so we run into that a lot here in Minnesota. There's little, there's really good pockets and stuff, especially in the, in the Metro areas they can really tuck in and hide. And but yeah, the, the buck to door ratio out here is pretty, pretty out of whack too. I think, and it may have changed now since the last time I checked, but I, I think on the, on average is about 10 to one here in the state yeah. of Minnesota. So feel it's your pain.
1: In West Virginia, you can take five bucks and it's in a year. And then oh it's been gosh. three bucks for, it's been three for several years. And then after this year, it's dropping to two a year. So oh I, that
2: should help us summon this
1: day coming up, but we'll see. That's yeah.
2: finally going in a decent direction though.
0: Right. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. I mean, how, so personally, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, cause you know, I think it'd be great to be able to shoot two bucks in this state, but if we could do that, then we wouldn't have any. So that's con- that would be concerning for me. So I, I'm, I'm good with the one buck deal, uh, you know, with, with whatever weapon, um, you choose. How, how do you feel about that? You know, coming down to potentially just w- well two deer, but possibly even just one buck.
1: I don't with me, I, I went to a lot of DNR meetings in West Virginia, and we can do a three-minute public comment. And I spend a lot of time at those meetings talking, trying to get to a one-buck limit because we were so high. But mm-hmm. I, we, with us dropping to a two, I wish we could do a two-buck. The second one having some kind of point restriction or spread limit, just so that way we could. I don't know, I guess still hunt quite a bit in this state, but still have some mm-hmm. quality deer. And yeah. I mean, there are some gigantic bucks that come out of West Virginia every year. I mean, there's been some 200s come out of some areas. And I mean, there are yeah. a lot of big deer. But they, they can be far a few in between in certain areas.
0: For sure, yeah. And I know Wisconsin used to have like a they, what they call a, an earn-a-buck uh, deal where you had to shoot a doe first, and then you had to submit mm-hmm. your doe tag in order to get your buck tag.
1: Yeah. We have a couple counties left that okay very few to where i mean sure. you can kill two bucks with archery alone mm-hmm. without shooting a doe at all
0: so your buffalo county hunt you know i don't want to say a bust right because you got some time in the stand uh you know yeah. you, have to, you have to be one with nature right and just sort out all your thoughts and everything in the blind in the tree stand you guys sat separate from each other then
2: yeah well
1: it was hit or miss and uh some nights i was running the camera for her and just okay. kind of in the blind with her, and then uh, several. And I think it was two nights I was running camera, and then uh, the other four or five nights I was Weaver in separate stands. Okay. Okay. But that was cool. the first time I've ever been west of Columbus, Ohio. So getting out in that mm. country was crazy for me to see. I grew up watching right. all the all the hunting films from out there and all that. So no matter what, even not seeing bucks, it was still just cool getting to hunt that area right that's the first time i really hunted around corn
0: (laughs) yeah i just saw that photo that you took too that was really beautiful the grass and everything and the you know the clouds and everything in the background was a really nice photo
1: very very pretty spot
0: yeah so when i when i hunted out there too it was i i did end up shooting a doe i think it was on the last day and um you know but it was one of those things you know it was a writer's camp and so they had Usually the way those things go is, you know, an outfitter has, you know, some openings either late, you know, it's never anything peak, you know, but he had some openings late season. And so we, we just went out and, and hunted and, um, but yeah, it was, it was just really cool to be out there, you know, and actually, with the way things are out have always been with vapor trail, I wear a lot of hats. So like during the day, I, I literally brought my 20, 27 inch Mac with me. And I was sitting there in the, in the cabin working on stuff, you know, during the day when we weren't hunting. So it was kind of, yeah. wasn't really much of a vacation, but either way I can say, I hunted Buffalo County once. So yeah,
1: no, that's, that's <laughs> us too. That's, that's, yeah.
0: Yeah. something else I wanted to talk to you guys about too. And I know, like you said, uh, Ashley, you know, It's been roughly about five years since you made the decision to start hunting, but I'm just curious about the dynamics of being married, having a family, um, finding time to hunt and put food on the table, uh, as a married man, and a father, I understand the difficulties of, uh, you know, I guess that can arise with that combination. Do you, do you guys have any like tips or tricks for the couples out there that are trying to make that sort of dynamic work?
2: So we are a very simple family, like we don't really live outside of our means and the main expenses either go to peanut or they go to hunting for the most part. (laughs) Um, We grow a garden every year. So we've got like fresh vegetables and all that stuff. We can, we freeze. Um, And then when we have meat from the deer, it just kind of adds to our food supply. So
1: mm-hmm. we
2: basically homestead in a sense without all of the animals. We'll get there eventually, but. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the way we work is I stay home with Peanut and then Justin typically works. Um, mm-hmm. And so we take care of the garden and do that. And then we have the money for the bills and the little bit of extras that we need um and then as a family dynamic we just all do it together like it's not really a chore it's not really a hassle like if we go check the trail cams peanut's like oh can i go with you and then he just Mm -hmm. loves wandering through the woods um and then if justin wants to go scout heavy hardcore then he just takes off on his own and he goes and scouts for a bit and then Mm -hmm. comes back with his findings or whatever it may be and you can add to it too babe
1: a lot of the hunting we do is two miles back on public, so mm-hmm. taking him with us on some of the trips right now is kind of hard. In uh, another year or two, he, he'll be he'll be going a mile back with us, I think. Yeah. Uh, this year, we're hoping to get him in the turkey woods a little bit more. Right now, he he knows he's struggling and being quiet, so he...
2: Uh, <laughs> he opts out a lot. Yeah,
1: he says he don't want to go because he has to be quiet <laughs> right now, but he um. loves scouting. He loves getting mm. out in the woods and scouting and all that. So it won't making, be long. He's only five, so
2: Yeah, he likes making scrapes. He likes all of that stuff. So it's it's his favorite. He likes pointing out rubs. He'll get milkweed pods and he'll start spreading milkweed out. <laughs> so he knows the he knows the things that we do in the woods and he's mm. very familiar with that. It's just he does not like to be quiet yet. <laughs>
1: He shoots when we shoot at it, he's got his little Cabela's bow that he's letting arrows fly out of. So oh, we we, cool. we do a lot of it together. So it, mm-hmm. it's a lot
0: of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I really look forward to you know my daughter is a pretty feral child, and um,
2: yeah, I, I have yeah. a
0: feeling she's going to be uh, you know she's really going to love it. You know, I've taken her out turkey hunting and stuff like that, and the only way that I can really make that work out is is by giving her a, a, an iPad that she so she can watch a movie while we're sitting yeah. in there, you know, but. Um, she just like surprisingly she'll put it down and then she'll just sit with me and then just look around, you know, yeah. and if I, if I move and my chair creaks or something, she gets on me about it. She's like, "Shh, quiet. <laughs> so what she you gets, she, you know, yeah, she gets it. But of course, you know, she's three. And so, uh, yeah. you know, her, her, uh, energy gets the best of her. So, but e- either yeah. way, I, I never take her out with the expectation that, you know, uh, that there's going to be any sort of, I guess, what you might call success, you know, with uh, killing something, but, uh, ends up always being success, just getting her out in the woods and having fun. And she loves playing with the decoys and all that kind of stuff. So
2: it's not even about, um, like forcing them into it. It's just about like having them there and planting the seed. The more you force Mm -hmm. them, the less they want. If you just set them, like you said, you set her up with her little iPad and stuff, and she chooses to take that look. Like it's it's just I feel like some people put so much on their kiddos when they're so young mm-hmm. because they want them to want it so bad, that that's where they end up falling short. You just gotta kind of let them do their own thing and let them experience yeah. it in their own way.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I get our uh, our boy Coda. He's eleven now, and I've taken him hunting in the ground blind a couple of times, and we've done some grouse hunting, and he he prefers the grouse hunting. He he likes to be moving walking you know looking at yeah. things he just he can't he's not into sitting around and maybe someday he'll be into it and maybe he won't you know and that's okay it's just whatever you know whatever he wants to do you know just to you know kind of try to keep that outdoor spark alive because you know the video yeah. games and everything come along and and those can easily be distracting so uh, any amount of time yes. that you can get him outside <laughs> is fantastic so
1: kids miss out on small game hunting anymore all the kids go directly into white tail hunting and there's so much woodsmanship that's learned walking through the woods squirrel hunting and small game hunting and that's kind of a loss because there's Mm -hmm. hardly anybody small game hunting anymore Mm -hmm. and that just i I, just one thing i'm hoping to get with peanut is him out in the woods small game hunting for a few years before he whitetail hunts very much just to learn Yeah.
0: yeah Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, gosh, what was it? It was, it wasn't too long ago, just a couple of months ago or this spring. Coda actually shot a rabbit with his bow. Uh, and he, it was just excited. He was just jazzed up, you know? And I was like, I remember those days. You did? Yeah. I was like, you did what, what, you know? So it was just really, really cool. And he he was super excited. And, but then at the same time, you know, he went through all those emotions, you know, where he had some sadness about it and didn't really know how to feel about it, you know? so um but he you know like we'll we'll uh we'll cook up the rabbit and he'll eat it and he's like this is good so <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool
2: but it was a big learning experience for him too because it's mm. i mean it is a lot of emotions to go through there's there's mm. been times when i've shot things and i've been like oh uh i don't know how <laughs> i feel about that situation and then it turns out so, fine yeah. and so. and you never know how anybody's gonna feel until it happens it's it's the weirdest thing like he's warned me he's like mm, you might feel some like remorse or you might feel some like sadness or whatever but you never really understand it until it happens mm-hmm. when it happens then you're like oh okay this is what they're talking about but it's it's such a weird thing to try and explain to somebody that's never experienced it
0: hmm yeah i've cried twice the first uh buck i ever killed and the biggest buck i ever killed <laughs> so
2: <laughs> that's very valid i feel like
1: yeah i, 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 I do te- up once in the woods and that was over hitting one and i never found it and that oh, one still yeah. bothers me to this day yeah uh, nah, yeah <laughs>
0: that's always that's a tough one to go through I, <laughs> yeah I, yeah that, that, that happened a few times
1: and it would have still been my biggest to date. so
0: Oof, yeah, yeah that's yeah. tough with all the time spent in the woods and you know all that and then for that to happen I, I like i said i've been there a few times so feel your pain brother yeah that's tough
1: everybody putting an order in now needing it in the week.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's we're we're catching back up but we did fall behind we got inundated with orders just before uh labor day weekend it was like a tsunami hit us and yeah d-
1: i couldn't imagine
0: we typically have a pretty steady flow of orders that come in and we can we can gauge and estimate what we're going to have and how things are going to how they're going to come through but i think what happened is, is a few other manufacturers in the industry really got backed up and so a lot of their um, orders were, were coming our way and so yeah we just we got hit hard and so now we're just getting caught back up and i um, just glad that i was able to get you guys on and take a, take some time out of the day to, you know, chat with you guys. It's been a, been a great conversation and really appreciate you guys taking time out of your day and, and getting, getting peanut over to grandma and grandpa's there. So we have to be a part of this.
2: Thank you for having us. Yeah. He
1: enjoys it up there.
2: So.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. So, well, folks, that uh, brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Ashley, where can the listeners find you on social media?
2: Um, on Facebook as another Ashley Outdoors, and then on Instagram, it made me do underscores because they don't do spaces. But another mm-hmm. Ashley Outdoors as well. So okay. that's, that's my two handles.
0: And how about you, Justin? If people wanna connect with you,
1: then mine it would be a covert IG on Instagram. That would be the main one that I would use.
0: Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, you can find us at the Range Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and you can find me ricky.wayne80 on instagram and ricky w Burley on facebook again please be sure to head over to our vapor trail youtube channel and if you like this episode be sure to be sure to give it a like make sure you subscribe and hit that bell so you can be up to date on all things archery if you're listening do me a favor give us a rating and make sure to give us five stars big thanks to the coverts for joining us today last minute and good luck with the rest of your season and keep Uh, the content coming i really really do appreciate it and with that we are going to pack up our bows and arrows and we're hitting the range have a great day everybody
1: thank you bye
0: vapor trail is now offering an exclusive discount to the range podcast listeners enter promo code trp15 that's trp15 at checkout for 15 percent off vtx bowstrings and vapor trail and stoke branded t-shirts hats and other gear
1: What yeah. in the legs. hell went <laughs> flying? I, I
2: think he cut the. I think he cut the tube at the bottom.